Welcome back to the Rob Maynard Show here on Red Voice Media Network, folks. Uh, it's the only place where you're going to get the facts and the truth uh, about those facts. Uh, that's what we're here to do. Uh, you can uh, watch the Rob Maynard Show at all of my social media channels, at Rob Maynard, on everything that's out there except Facebook. It's at C-O-L, Rob Maynard, and you can see the show live there, and then we repost it on all those once it's up on a website. Uh, welcome back. This is Thursday, and you know what Thursday is, folks. It's Truth Thursday, and today we're going to talk about the declared war on the truth. Those in power in this country have declared open war on the truth every day, tens of thousands of times a day. That's right, tens of thousands of times a day. The words racism, white supremacy, transphobia, Islamophobia, you name the homophobia, bigot, Russia collusion, etc., are used by those in power, like the corporate media, the government, of course, sports figures, movie stars, and they're all trying to convince you that these are descriptors of a rampant problem caused by the very existence of this great country. And you know what? Sadly, it's working. Well, it's time to stand up and push back, support the truth, and win our culture and society back to the one that supports equality of opportunity and protects us to be free to think and speak the truth without fear or favor. And that's why we do this show on Thursdays, and that's what the theme is all about. And we've got a great guest this week. His name's Bobby Burak. He's from OutKick. He's a journalist. Uh, it's the second time appearing on the Rob Mana Show. Uh, Bobby, welcome back to the Rob Mana Show, my friend. I appreciate it. Thank you back for the invite. And congratulations to you going live now. Big step up. So props to you for doing what you just did there. And that is tell the truth that so many people in the media aren't telling. There's a huge market for that. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And I appreciate what you do and what OutKick does. Because OutKick, as I told you the first time I had you on the show, uh, you guys, you just try to put out the facts and the truth. And you, you don't spin stuff like we see all these spin monsters doing. Uh, and it's just a really good breath of fresh air to get that, which is why when I saw your article, uh, you know, and the article's titled, uh, uh, I think it's titled, Our Leadership Has Declared War on the Truth, uh, is what we're looking at. Uh, I said, well, I got to get Bobby back on the show on Truth Thursday now that we're doing this live. Uh, let's take a look at uh, this video here to kick off our discussion of your article. Uh, I think it matches up pretty well with how you started it out. Go ahead with that first video, Krista. For years now, the Durham probe has loomed large on the right, part delusional fantasy, part hobby horse for the right. We knew from the very beginning this was never a legitimate investigation. It really seemed to, it just seems to be a complete dud. What you have with John Durham is like, it's a big fat nothing. Durham's whole thing is predicated on, it, it's like a rabbit hole conspiracy. This was a political errand to exact some sort of retribution on Donald Trump's perceived enemies in the FBI. The Durham report has been contradicted by two other reports, including one released in 2020 by the Republican-led Senate Intelligence Committee. Durham's central conclusions are contradicted by a 2019 report by the Justice Department's internal watchdog. The probe's many failures and contradictions and 
chaos that surrounded it have been reported on extensively. They are out there for everyone to see. Once again, another dud by John Durham. What do you make of the fact that the ever-thirsty Jim Jordan is now, apparently, he would like to bring John Durham before Congress and let him repeat this failure publicly on television? This is a predictable, sad ending to an investigation that never should have taken place. You know, the falsehoods are repeated over and over again. And that, that clip is a prime example, Bobby, of what you're writing about uh, in this article. And, and, and what is the truth of what we're living in today in, in this society, uh, that these folks with all this money and all this power and these huge megaphones, they push this narrative. And this one is the Russia collusion uh, hoax. Uh, uh, and the Durham report, which clearly documents all of the issues associated with that and that it was a hoax. Yeah. So what's fascinating about writing this article, um, I've been fascinated by division. Why are we so divided? Why do we hate one another? Where is all this coming from? And I always hear it's left versus right, Republican versus Democrat, black versus white, religious versus non-religious, um, fat versus skinny. I don't believe any of that. I believe we're divided by the truth. And that is, half of the country believes the truth they're supposed to believe from our so-called leaders who control the megaphone, those who control the message. What they tell them and what's reality is so often counter to each other. They, they, they run afoul of each other. And that's where the divide is because I start out with the, the Durham report in this piece. So Rob, we have part of the country now thinking what the corporate press just told them, and that is yep. that this Durham report was a dud and that Donald Trump still colluded with Russia to rig the election. Well, the other half of the country now read the Durham report, or at least parts of it, and they saw it with their own eyes evidence in a declaration that the FBI tried to rig the election for Hillary Clinton. So now all of a sudden, we have two opposite narratives in only one truth, yet the truth is not the truth we're being told by our leaders. Why is that? Why are they using that deceit? Because, of course, we highlight the Durham report in the narrative mm -hmm. that's not true in the actual narrative, but it goes much deeper than that. I mean, maybe we'll get into some of the other topics, but they do this for every major topic, and it's working because half of the country believes what they're told to believe, and the other doesn't. And that creates this wide axis of why we can't get along because we don't believe the same reality. Yeah, it's it's really it's really puzzling to me, uh, you know, as somebody that served in the government for over three decades, uh, and I find myself saying this a lot these days. Uh, uh, I just am am uh, uh, flummoxed uh, at how uh, uh, these people have been able to get away with this using the, uh, in large part, government uh, resources that my tax dollars pay for, your tax dollars pay for, uh, and I don't really fully understand uh, the the second piece to it, and that is their motivation. I mean, what is the motivation? What was, I understand the motivation of Hillary Clinton wanting to win in 2016, okay? And, and, and now the Durham report uh, and other, other uh, outlets have also documented that she actually approved the narrative to be pushed to the, to the government uh, that Trump colluded with Russia in order to win the election. Uh, and that President Obama was actually briefed on 
uh, on this decision that Hillary Clinton is documented that made it. I get that. Uh, but the motivation to continue that into uh, the man's administration, which is our administration, I mean, even look, I have a picture of my wall of me and Barack Obama with me in uniform. He signed my retirement papers for the U.S. military. He was the president of the United States. Uh, it's not a political picture. It's a it's a it's a picture, a memento of my service, you know. Uh, so uh, Donald Trump was the president of all the United States, not just the red states and, and all that. I don't understand the motivation that that allowed this to continue. And apparently uh, documented uh, documented evidence exists uh, that's in the Durham report that Obama was briefed on it. Biden was briefed on it. And it continued well into uh, the uh, 45th president's administration and really disrupted the policy implementation of that administration. And that administration's outcomes that were able to be implemented were really helpful to the country. That's the part I don't, that's why I don't understand their motivation. Have you gotten any sense of that? Well, I think it's such a great question because it's so deep and it's so, so convoluted, but we take it step by step. I mean, first of all, is when you talk about the truth versus the quote unquote truth, meaning what the leaders want us to believe, usually the quote unquote truth is the opposite of the inconvenient truth. And the inconvenient truth was that Donald Trump duly won the election. That's the truth that they didn't want us to know. So they kept this going because that inconvenient truth was was so counterproductive to the message they wanted out there, be it the FBI, the DNC, Hillary Clinton, the corporate media, whether they even knew or not, they just wanted to believe that Trump colluded with Russia because they wanted to diminish and belittle his presidency. And that was how they do it. And you ask this question, why? Why are they doing this? Well, I actually, when I started writing this column, it actually came pretty clear to me. I mean, it was ominous and eerie, but it's like this old adage that, you divide and conquer. And what that means is if you keep supporters and opponents fighting with each other and not liking each other, they can't focus on the people in power and hold them accountable and ask them questions. So whether it be the Durham report or white supremacy or this trans stuff, all these lies that our leaders levy are meant to divide us, to make us hate one another and not hate them. The, the, the one way a government and leadership stays in power unilaterally with not having to answer to anybody is when the focus is not on them, but focus on each other. And that's what they've done so masterfully is that the divide in the country should be between the people and the leadership, but it's not. It's between this side of the people and that side of the people. And that was so unfortunate and devious about all of these lies. Yeah, and uh, in our next segment uh, after this first break, we're gonna we're gonna show uh, a little bit of that uh, and talk about what I think is the biggest cause of division in this country, and I think the data is starting to show that now. Uh, uh, and you're right, divide and conquer. I I agree with that. Uh, what I don't understand, I just really don't understand. While that it may be a good tool for to keep folks in power that are unelected folks in the government in power and keep uh, certain policies streaming that came from the previous administration. When Americans see success in the policies of the 45th 
president's administration, uh, so much so that even black Americans' wages, real wage increases were happening for the first time in many, many decades, if not first time ever since we really started monitoring that. Uh, we've had real wage increases uh, for minority groups like that uh, and for women. Uh, and uh, to, to, to put the thumb on the scale uh, to continue these stories uh, in order to hamper that, inhibit it, actually inhibit it, uh, and then ultimately defeat Donald Trump so he can't continue those policies. It's, it's just really, a, I, I don't get it. I don't get it, Bobby. Well, I think a really important point here to make is, like you said, people should have been able to see with their own eyes what Donald Trump did policy-wise and economically, fiscally, was very successful. It benefited almost everybody. But when you tell a nation, a nation that already doesn't like him, that he cheated and conspired with this authoritarian government, it allows them to blind themselves to what they actually see. Because instead of actually developing their own opinion and going out and experiencing the country that, you know, under his leadership, they're all of a sudden so focused on Russia collusion or that Donald Trump is Hitler, as so many of the media called him, I believe Rachel Maddow used that exact word, the modern day Hitler. When you tell people who are so vulnerable that this guy is cheating, that he's an existential threat to democracy, that is the best way to distract them from what's really going on. And what I think is the most eerie about this, we're spent all this time discussing Russia. What did Russia do? It totally took the pressure off of China, the real threat to the United yep. States, Trump or Russia. So people fell for this ruse. They fell for this farce that their leaders told them, and it distracted them from what they should have been focusing on, which was the actual upward trajectory of the country, the people who actually threaten it in the Communist Party of China, which I believe is the biggest threat to all of us moving forward by a lot. And you're absolutely right. We're going to take our first break here, but when we come back, uh, we'll talk about that division that's been created, but uh, but the Russia collusion hoax is uh, is child's play compared to what's been going on since uh, Biden got into office. Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back. The my pillow guy. And you're looking good. Still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever. My pillow 2.0. When I invented my pillow, it had everything you'd ever want in a pillow. Well, now there's new technology that makes it even better. My pillow 2.0 has my patented fill combined with a cooling fabric with temperature regulating thread. My pillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of my pillow. The best sleep just got even better. Whether you have a MyPillow or not, you need to get the brand new MyPillow 2.0. Call or go to MyPillow.com now. Use your promo code, and for a limited time, when you buy one, you'll get a second one absolutely free. You're sleeping even better. And cooler, too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. Visit MyPillow.com. Welcome back to the Rob Maynard Show, now live on the Red Voice Media Network, Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern for one hour. 
uh, and Thursdays is called Truth Thursdays. And today we've got a special guest, uh, uh, writer and journalist, uh, Bobby Burak from Outkick.com is with us to talk about his uh, new article, How Our Leaders Have Declared War on the Truth. Uh, very uh, aptly uh, named and apt guest for this show on in this week, on this day, uh, on Truth Thursday. Uh, and uh, But the topic is very, very critically important to the entire country, Bobby. And, uh, and a big part of your article uh, talks about the division tool of white supremacy, uh, systemic racism, uh, and how not just the media is uh, is wielding that tool, but even the president of the United States. Uh, and uh, you've got a chart from this clip that I'm about to show in your article. I think it's the right clip. Uh, go ahead and show uh, the, the clip I've got, uh, clip two, dividers in chief. And they look like white supremacists. Is that us? Is that America? Are we a nation of bigots? It's not my life. I doubt it's yours. Now we play in the same sports teams. We take our kids to practices. We worship. We go to parent-teacher night. And we largely love one another regardless of race. I think it's actually undeniable that we are living in the least racist moment in human history. And within that context, we're in the least racist country on the planet. And we are almost at the least racist moment in the entirety of our own personal American history. I say almost because take a look at this Gallup poll. In June 2008, just months before Barack Obama won the presidential election, nearly 70% of Americans believed race relations were somewhat or very good. By Obama's last year, the number of Americans who had a positive view of race relations dropped by nearly 20 points, including less than half of black adults. Additionally, the number of black Americans who worry a great deal about race went from around 40% during Obama's presidency to nearly 70% today. The number of white Americans who worry about race nearly doubled in that time span as well. Between the last year of Trump's presidency and the first year of Biden, the number of Americans who worried a great deal about race increased from 31% to almost 50%. If you did a word count, by the way, for the New York Times, for example, on the word racist over the last 15 years, what you would see, one of those word bubbles is an absolute explosion. All the race mongering, all the division, it's working. Just over a decade ago, we were headed to that moment of judging each other according to the content of our character and not the color of our skin. But since that time, politicians have used our worst instincts to pit us against one another for their own political gain. They are happy to tear apart our carpool in exchange for your support at the voting booth. Telling lies, creating boogeymen, reinforcing tribes. Joe Biden will divide us. He'll tear us down. He'll fill us with hate for his own gain. Now, that was Will Kane of uh, the Fox News Channel uh, talking about that. Uh, but you used that graph of the Gallup poll uh, in your article. Uh, uh, is your perspective uh, similar to what Kane's is? Uh, I mean, mine is. Uh, uh, he, he, you know, the Gallup data really accurately depicts the way I felt things where I retired from the Air Force at the end of 2011. Uh, look, uh, I was a commander. I had a zero tolerance policy for any type of discrimination 
uh, you know, uh, we, we believe in meritocracy. Uh, you, you know, people are judged based on their character uh, and their ability to get the mission done uh, in, in my profession. And, uh, and, and it was working. We had very few racial incidents. As a matter of fact, I can't recall one in my later years in the Air Force uh, after 1980. I cannot recall ever personally witnessing or even reading about a racial incidents, uh, incident like that, like what you might have seen in the 60s uh, in the United States military. Uh, but, uh, uh, but do you think it's just political? I mean, Kane kind of said it was political, what Biden's doing and the others uh, using race to divide us. Uh, but uh, what did you find when you were looking at this? Yeah, I mean, this is the, the crux of, I think, the piece here. And that's so well said by Kane there. The one area I disagree with him on I don't believe that this is the least racist period in U.S. history because this narrative that white supremacy, what does Biden say, is the greatest threat to the homeland or, great, or most lethal threat, that is actually making us a more racist nation because it's creating racial animosity, division, which morphs into racial, racial hatred. So I, I think we've actually gotten more racist than we were, say, five, six, seven, eight years ago or particularly in 2007 and 8 before Obama officially took office, because that is the consequences of these lies they're telling us. We hear over and over again from Biden, from Democrats, from societal, cultural leaders, big tech, that white supremacy plagues every ounce of this nation. Rob, what evidence is there of that? Where is that happening on a macro level? What industry or institution is plagued right now by white supremacy? Biden keeps on saying this, but what does he not do? He doesn't provide any evidence. Pete Buttigieg just said it last month. What evidence did he provide? Nothing. They just say it. They say it again. They say it with more conviction, and people actually believe it. But it's such a lie. In fact, all policies and Politics and business, academia are all actually rigged to discriminate against white people in the name of equity. That's not white supremacy. That's the exact opposite. So we keep hearing this. We spend so much time hearing about it, discussing it, and fearing it, but there's no proof it actually exists. And that, to me, is the greatest divide that they've used is by convincing people their neighbors and oppositions are vile racists upholding white nationalism. I mean, there's just no truth to it because it's not true. The demand for systemic racism far outstrips the actual supply. Well, and that's one of the things I liked about your article is you point that out. I mean, Biden has no data, Bobby. There is not one scintilla of data, not even fake data. And you know how how different groups of opposing views like the you can take statistics and, and create almost anything you want uh, with it. But there's not enough uh, to even do that uh, with white supremacy or racism or bigotry uh, uh, against other folks other than and something interesting you said, white people. Uh, and I agree with you. I think we'll uh, uh, I don't know if he was uh, thinking about a different time. I mean, I, I when he said that, I was thinking about the time when Obama took office. Uh, you know, because that that was probably the least racial time in our country's history uh, oh, in the last no 20 years, you know, last 40 years. 
or so, but it's not now because I never thought that when I left the United States military 10 years ago, uh, that I would ever, ever think about somebody, uh, because of the color of their skin that they might want to do harm to me ever. The thought has never, ever crossed my mind in this country, but today people do think that way. Don't you think? Oh, there's no question. And, um, I mean, in a lot of ways you have the media, Jamel Hill, Joy Reid, openly telling black America to fear white people because police have their backs. So they have to take matters into their own hands. I mean, Jamel Hill actually went to Vanderbilt University and said, the police are not to protect black people. So you have to protect yourself. Well, that's telling young black men and sometimes women to take matters in their own hands if they feel threatened by a white person to do something about it. I mean, we talk so much about danger and threats. I mean, that's an actual threat and that actually creates violence. But but you're so right. And it's just so frustrating to me because I've seen firsthand as you have us become a more racist nation based on this hypothesis that white supremacy is the most lethal threat to the homeland. Um, before I got to OutKick and before I started covering politics and culture, my main job, Rob, was to cover the media. And around 2020, I saw a big shift. I would talk to agents and talents and they would say, mm-hmm. well, this person can't qualify for this network job. This person is already out of the running. And I would say, why? And they say, well, they're a white guy. The network can't put a white guy on TV or there's already one white guy. There can't be a second one. So I started mm-hmm. to see firsthand because you're white and male, you're automatically disqualified from major jobs in media. I mean, that was so eye opening to me because at that point, I had never really saw any of that firsthand. I'd heard people discuss it, but these mass media networks are openly telling agents that, hey, your clients, white and male, or maybe white female, we can't hire them. We can't put them on air. I mean, how backwards and quote unquote racist is that? I mean, that that will never leave me because that was the first time I realized we are a society moving backwards, fighting perceived racism with overt racism. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's it's hard to really consider this, uh, you know. Uh, but you're absolutely right. You know, in the last year, we've seen United States Air Force generals uh, say that there are too many white male pilots in the U.S. Air Force. Uh, now, uh, in the military, in, in the in Iraqi freedom and enduring freedom, the two major war operations of the last 25 years uh, that the U.S. troops were in combat in. Uh, between, somewhere between 82 and 84% of the killed in action personnel were white men uh, in those wars uh, from the United States. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, to imagine that we're going to uh, pick people to fly our military aircraft uh, into war and defeat our enemies based on anything other than their merit, uh, because that's that's why there are many white males in there is because they've outcompeted and, and they, they've risen to the top. Uh, there's no hidden agenda to recruit more white men than anything else. Uh, they just happen to be the type of people that uh, excel at that type of work right now and volunteer in larger numbers than any other demographic group, really, uh, to participate in that. So, at, uh, go ahead. Yeah, a- absolutely. And, I mean, that's so well said. And you, you look at what's happening. I mean, look, 
it's one thing for MSNBC and CNN to say, oh, we're going to start hiring and promoting based on skin color. But for the Air Force to do it, that just takes it up to a far more severe level. I mean, if there's any of these institutions that should not be following these DEI rules and mandates and commands, it's most certainly the Air Force. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, the president of the United States, uh, you saw the picture of him in, in Kane's piece there of him in front of the Marines. Uh, I call it the Red Sermon, uh, uh, where he he literally attacked Americans uh, like me that believe in the foundational values of the United States and risk my life to, to, to defend the Constitution, which is a found, the foundational uh, values uh, put into government. Uh, he, he literally said we were a threat to, uh, to the existence of the United States of America in that speech. Uh, and, and, and it's because I'm a white male. It's because I'm a white male. Uh, and uh, uh, his de secretary of defense has gone out on an extremist hunt. And the two groups that they focused on in that extremism training that Secretary Lloyd Austin ordered um, at the behest of President Biden in the summer of 2021 uh, was what? White men and Christians. Those were the two groups that they targeted in that, in spite of having Antifa, uh, which is full of communists and, and Marxist uh, BLM uh, uh, violent people all throughout uh, our society. Uh, they focused on those two groups. But you know what? Of any of those groups, Bobby, uh, there is very, I mean, it's, it's minuscule, uh, the statistical numbers of, of any type of extremism in our armed forces today, because we're all volunteers, you know, that's not, you're not getting a draft. So you're not, you don't have a microcosm of society. You have a microcosm of those that have a desire to serve, uh, across your society. That, that is so well said. And what this boils down to is the people in charge are trying to redefine society by the hierarchy of victimhood that your success mm -hmm. now is determined to your claim for victimhood as of now the top of that list i believe are transgender persons they are the top of the yeah. pyramid white males are second to last but christian white males they are at the very bottom they, they I mean they are the target so while trans people are supposedly the most victimized which is another lie Christian white males are the group that society says we need to target, we need to diminish, and we need to come after them. I mean, this whole idea that your claim to victimhood is going to determine your success in this country is the exact opposite of what the founding fathers wanted, or undoubtedly heading that way. I mean, it's happening every single day. LinkedIn, the job search website, they just implemented a feature where employers can now search for job candidates based on gender, race, sexual orientation, if they're willing to put that in there. So you mm. have companies out there just saying, well, don't even search for straight white males, just rule them completely out. And anyone who says that's not happening, these are lying or just not paying attention because it absolutely is at all levels of this country. Oh, it absolutely is. And after this break, we'll continue this discussion uh, about your article because you walked us through uh, these issues and I tried to find video clips that support it uh, and it wasn't hard to do. Uh, we'll see another one right after this break.
It's a crazy world out there, and we're facing more uncertainty than our country has faced in a long time, if ever. And the most important advice that we can give you and your loved ones is be prepared. Most people don't realize they need something until it's too late. Whether it's a natural disaster, a sustained power outage, political upheaval, or God forbid, war. You need to be prepared. Don't put yourself in that situation. Have food and water on hand to provide for you and your loved ones during the worst of times. And then pray you never need it. Thankfully, we have just the solution for you. Heaven's Harvest has everything you need to prepare for the unexpected. You get prepared and you support a pro-America Christian company that shares your values at the same time. Everyone wins. And the best news is you also get discounts on emergency survival foods, heirloom vegetables, seed kits, water filtration and storage kits, and loads of other survival resources, such as guides on how to grow and preserve your foods. So get ahead, be prepared, and survive with a company that shares your values. And we have you covered with great discounts. Go to HeavensHarvest.com and use promo code RVM to save 10%. Again, that's HeavensHarvest.com and use promo code RVM to save 10% on your order. Welcome back to the Rob Maynard Show on Red Voice uh, Media Network, uh, live here Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern for one hour. And Thursdays are Truth Thursday. And today we're talking with Outkick.com's uh, journalist Bobby Burak about his article that's titled, really, Our Leader's Declaration of War on the Truth. Uh, well, Bobby, uh, you know, we've talked about uh, uh, the, the media's uh, insistence the Durham report was a nothing burger and, and how President Biden uh, uh, is using the, all the levers of the United States government, really, to divide us by race, uh, and it's it, and it's it's really infiltrated all the way down to the lowest levels of society. Uh, uh, but your article uh, doesn't ignore the woke issue and the transgender issue because it really you really can't. Uh, uh, but I think this next clip kind of brings us to it to together where where uh, you're going to see uh, a woman uh, and race involved. This video clip has gone viral. Uh, but I want to get your take on it, on the, how it was presented to the American people, and uh, probably half the country believe one thing about it and what the truth is. Uh, so, Krista, go ahead and play uh, the uh, pregnant white woman clip for me. Clip three. Help me! Please 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 get off me! Please get off me! Why you took his phone? What's wrong with you? Don't touch his phone. You're not touching his phone. I'm not touching you. You put in your stomach on my head. Hey, dude, stop. No, hey, dude, stop. No, no, no. I said no. I said sit down. Please help. Help. Please She's just crying. You're not crying. You're not crying. I got you. I got you. Wait, you 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 put it out. Hassan, you put it out. Hassan. Hassan, you put it out. This is my bike. It's on my account. Please move. All right. So why don't we set reset the bike? I'm not resetting the bike. It's his. It's his. It's his. I'm gonna pull it out on your account. You're active. I don't give a fuck. 
it's hard to watch uh, when you watch the full clip, uh, uh, but uh, how'd the media present that to the American people? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like so many cases, not accurate or not even the way the video shows it. I mean, they just lied to us. They lied to their viewers. They lied to their readers, telling them something happened that didn't happen. And a lot of times, the opposite happened of what they say, and that is the case there, too. And it just goes back to, again, there's so often two narratives, but only one truth, and the truth is not the narrative the people who control the message are promulgating. Uh, you're absolutely right. You know, uh, uh, the, uh, the truth is that those five young black men uh, were running a scam that's pretty common now where they come up on an unsuspecting person that's already logged into the bike, paid for it, and then and then say, no, no, it's ours. And they, and they basically force them away from it, and then they take it. Uh, and uh, I think what they weren't counting on was that she was uh, pretty determined at first, uh, and that's why the media used that very beginning clip, didn't they, uh, where she was like, you know, calling for help and everything, but they didn't show the crying afterwards. And they didn't talk when they reported on this, they didn't report that it was a pregnant, uh, medical professional yeah. that was just trying to get home from work. Yeah. And you know? We talk about the media, but the biggest offender of this is who I believe might be the biggest racist in this country, at least in the public light public line. And that is attorney Benjamin Crump who defamed this woman, put out a tweet to hundreds of thousands, probably millions of people, defaming her as this vile, racist, privileged, entitled white lady. I mean, he put a target on her bat. According to a report, she started to receive threats after Benjamin Crump, who famously coined the phrase, hands up, don't shoot, another lie. Once he put that target on her back, she started receiving threats. And he has done this his entire career, all for the societal and financial benefit of himself. Those are the people that we should be focusing on, not some innocent pregnant nurse just trying to get home on her bike. Yeah, so so who, I'm glad you brought up Crump. Uh, yeah. Who is Benjamin Crump, Bobby? Uh, uh, so he goes all the way back to the Michael Brown incident or yeah. Trayvon Martin? Because Trayvon Martin is the historical line in the sand, so to speak, that I recall uh, where a lot of this craziness started uh, with uh, the wrong story being perpetrated and perpetuated into the minds of uh, half of America uh, uh, and this Crump guy is all the way back to at least Brown, Michael Brown. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, that is when he rose to, if you want to call it fame or at least public status. Um, I mean, for those that don't know, he's a civil rights attorney and he inserts himself into any sort of scandal or death or shooting or incident that involves a white perpetrator in, in his mind, a black victim. He's basically Al Sharpton, but with 
modern day motivations, a little more media savvy than Mr. Sharpton. But he joins in to all these incidents, whether it be, um, uh, I mean, there, there's so many. Michael Brown's probably the biggest one, Trayvon Martin. Um, he was involved with George Floyd after Derek Chauvin's arrest. He comes to the families and says, hey, I can help get you rich. I can help tell your story. And all he does is exacerbate the racialization of the matter. And as you saw there, and as I put in my column, he does so, so dishonestly. How this guy has not been sued for defamation time and time again, I just don't get it. Or if they are suing, I don't know what the verdicts are, because this guy is dividing us by telling families that are suffering that it happened on the basis of a family member's skin color and that the perpetrator had racial motives. And as we started off this conversation, it's hardly ever true, but he keeps on telling people that all for his own financial gain. I mean, to me, that is a definition of not just race baiting, but racism by weaponizing racial tensions for your own gain. I mean, this is one of the more vile humans in the news who I don't think is nearly enough attention for the damage that he's instilling across American society. And not just that, but the false narratives yeah. uh, that he's created have gained legs of their own. Uh, and, uh, and, and I go back to that Gallup poll chart. Uh, yeah. I think that, uh, that this individual's actions based on what you're telling me, uh, is, uh, is a big player in, uh, in solidifying the false messaging that there's a race problem in this country that has resulted now in 70% of black people being concerned about white people uh, and, and white people who have never been concerned about black people before now having to think about, uh, am I safe, uh, you know? Uh, and I'm not talking about in crime-ridden neighborhoods either. Anywhere, uh, are, we have these two groups of people now, different skin colors, that actually believe uh, in some form or another, that they should be worried about the other, and they're just average, everyday Americans that in ordinary times, uh, you know, we've all worked together, we live together, we married into each other's families. I mean, just normal human interaction uh, has become uh, almost impossible to uh, to have. Yeah, and Crump brands himself as a warrior fighting against racial injustices. He's doing the opposite. I mean, He's trying to start a race war from both races by telling black people over and over again that their white counterparts are coming to kill them, coming to hurt them. I mean, coming to seriously inflict damage on them. He's done that dating back to all those cases we mentioned. I mean, hands up, don't shoot became a bumper sticker. It became, people yeah. wore it on their shirts. People actually believe that lie he told, and he gained prominence based on that lie, and he's never stopped since then. I mean, I'm going to have to write a whole article on this guy because I just find it so disgusting what he's done. You write that article. We'll do another show uh, uh, on just on that because yeah. uh, I know there's enough video out there to prove uh, what you're going to find when you do write it. I hope I hope you do write that. I look forward to reading that because yeah. – uh, I'm glad you brought him up. I had not, I had completely not even thought to delve into this man. Uh, but, uh, but you know, now that I think about it, uh, Floyd's family, uh, uh, the the young man who died when the police officer ta uh, shot him instead of tased him in the Minneapolis area, I think was represented. His family yeah. was represented by this guy. Uh, the young woman that tragically lost her life in a no-knock warrant in Kentucky. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think he he support. You know, he represented them. 
uh, and everything. So he's he's a common thread to this false narrative uh, and uh, and doing it for his own monetary gain and financial gain is uh, uh, is just really despicable. Yeah, another one is Ty- Tyree Nichols, who actually died at the hands of five black officers, but he blamed white supremacy for that anyway. He mentioned Breonna mm-hmm. Taylor, who was involved in that. Yeah. Jacob Blake, who he, who he claimed was unarmed, who actually wasn't un- unarmed. He actually had a knife in a yeah. uh, arrest warrant. I mean, he's always popping up in all of these scandals, making it worse and lining up his pockets in the process. And you know what's really sad, though, uh, when there really is uh, a crime that's been perpetrated by somebody and it's based on race, it makes it that much more difficult to get a conviction. Uh, if, if these false narratives are implanted in people's minds and they're having to go sit on a jury. And I know he's been involved in at least one case, uh, where convictions occurred that were, were just convictions, uh, uh, luckily, uh, in that case. But, uh, yeah, yeah it's just, it's just really sad for our country that we've gotten to this point, uh, uh, but that's not even uh, that's not even the worst of it. After this break, uh, we're going to talk about a new word that I a new phrase that I learned when reading your article. This is why I, I reached out to you after I read this part of the article. I'm like, oh man, I got to talk about this and get Bobby on because and it's called woman face. Uh, woman face is something that is uh, that is a serious phrase, and we'll get to it right after this break. Welcome back to the Rob Manus Show. It's Truth Thursday, and we're uh, talking with Outkick.com's journalist Bobby Burak about his article, uh, How Our Leaders Have Declared War on the Truth. So a very apt uh, discussion topic for Truth Thursday. And uh, just a reminder, we're on Red Voice Media News uh, Network, uh, and we're live Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern for one hour. And all of my social channels, uh, the show goes out live there, too. And we are in the chat on Rumble, on Red Voice Media's uh, Rumble channel. Uh, and uh, we do uh, address any questions or comments like if you come in on the chat there and ask us questions. So we appreciate that. Well, Bobby, uh, I mentioned the, uh, the term woman face uh, as we were going to the last break. And, uh, you know, I mean, here we are. Uh, possibly on the verge of a race war because of the false narrative being pushed by people like this Benjamin Crump guy, the government of the United States, all the way up to the president and all the way down uh, 
through places like the military that have never had issues before. Uh, but, uh, uh, but recently, you know, we had a transgender terrorist uh, attack a Christian school and kill three adults and three nine-year-olds. Uh, and uh, uh, so that's, so there's a, there's a, 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 there's a, I call it a burble because I'm a flyer. The burble is where you're right, right on the edge of whether you're flying or you're stalling, you know, you know and the airplane's uh, uh, behaving in a certain way. Uh, we're right there. Uh, in that spot where something very dangerous uh, uh, could happen at scale, not just these little one-off incidents and everything. Uh, and this term woman face, when I saw it, I'm like, man, I'm getting old. I've missed it. Uh, I'm not paying attention to, to uh, uh, young people enough. Uh, uh, and you, but you wrote about it in this article, and I think it's very important. Uh, what is woman face? And, uh, uh, and let's talk about it after we show this uh, this video clip, though. Go ahead and show clip four. First of all, I'm not a misogynist because a misogynist is someone that puts down women. I exalt women to their rightful role. Women are supposed to be women, not men. And every time somebody says that a woman is equal to a man and does what a man could do, and you're, you're actually abusing and, and, and de de denigrating women. Women have a unique uh, purpose and they're special. They're fearfully and wonderfully made by God. I support women. So I'm not a misogynist. I don't put down, you're putting down women by saying women can be men. You're putting down women by saying transgenders can be women. No, they can never be women. Women are special and no man can just convert to a woman today. You're putting down women by saying that. So you're actually anti-women. I'm pro-woman. I'm pro-mothers, I'm pro-wives, and I'm pro-women. So he's talking to an activist, uh, a trans activist. Uh, that gentleman is uh, it, it, in this debate about uh, the difference between treating women and women's rights, uh, uh, you know, and, and the way they should be treated by society and their standing in society, as opposed to this made-up structure uh, and the term that I saw you use in the article is woman face. What does that mean? Yeah, so the trans movement that's, I mean, just now spreading all throughout American culture and now politics, you have Joe Biden now um, calling, trying to change Title IX to punish schools for not allowing males to participate in women's sports. What this ultimately is, is the appropriation of gender. These societal and cultural leaders are convincing subordinates that gender is like a mask, like a costume that you take off, put back on. Maybe you wear half the day and you turn back into a male the second half of the day. It's the appropriation of gender. Woman face is treating the female gender like a mask. That's what Dylan Mulvaney's doing, Leah Thomas. I mean, Sam Britton, I guess, is not a woman now. He's non-binary, so he is not wearing woman face, but he did for a while. Um, that is the biggest lie we're being told and the biggest lie people are believing. The way I structured the column is to open with the Durham report, go into white supremacy, then, then end the piece with this lie, woman face, which is such a farce that you can be whatever you want to be. What it does is it strips people from the comfort of knowing who they are. Rob, one of the first things person knows i don't know if they're one two years old i don't have kids but the, the first thing you learn about yourself is your gender that's comfort that is something to rely on when you tell them that that's not the case anymore you strip them of who they are you strip them of that comfort you strip them 
of that identity. And when you take away their most basic objective truth, which is their own gender, you can lead them down any path you want because at that point they are vulnerable enough to believe whatever they are told. And that's what I fear is happening here. When you appropriate gender, which they have done, what are they going to appropriate next? Because that to me is the foundation of all of this deceit, all of this lies that, I mean, racism, the narrative of white supremacy is in a lot of ways metaphorical. Woman face mm. in genderism is metaphorical. It's not literal. It's metaphorical. And um, or, I'm sorry, it's literal. It's not metaphorical. Yeah. And that is what makes it far more dangerous than what race theory ever was. I mean, gender theory and gender ideology imposes consequences that are everlasting. I mean, in the worst case, gender mutilation is actually permanent. That is officially yeah. lasting. You can't undo it. And so people that are going along with this, that is when I, I believe society has certainly divided because look, Rob, you, I mean, you and I might be able to get along with somebody who voted for Joe Biden. We might be able to get along with somebody who thinks that white supremacy is an existential threat because in some ways, well, whatever, that's their opinion. But if they mm -hmm. support genital mutilation of children or even just adults at all that's certainly where i draw the line and you're seeing with the bud lot bud light and target boycotts that is where most of american society draws the line at gender appropriation people will not put up with this they're rebelling against it and those who support it are losing support rapidly do you, do you think that uh that it's because they're targeting they're explicitly targeting children uh, not just the parents of the children, but actually the children. Uh, uh, you know, what caught my attention with the Target piece is that they had child mannequins at the front of the store for Pride Month uh, initially with this, with this uh, I, I don't even want to get into it, the swimsuit uh, thing uh, that males could use but look like women. Uh, uh, but they were using child mannequins. Uh, and uh, Disney is another one. You know, I've been going to Disney using Disney products since I was five. I went to Disney when I was five years old. Our whole family uh, is a Disney family, but we've stopped. Uh, until Disney gets away from trying to sexualize our children, uh, we're not going to do that. Do you think that was the dividing line? Uh, you know, I, I know people, I'm very upset when I hear about an attempt to cut on a minor uh, you know, uh, and those kind of things. I mean, that's just absolutely out of bounds, uh, in yeah. my mind. Uh, uh, but, but, you know, and, and the, the gay marriage thing that came about a few years ago, most people were like, look, you know, as long as you leave me alone, you can go get your freak on is what one of my buddies says, you know, go get your freak on all you want. But this is, this is crossed a line. You know, I find myself openly opposing pride month today's, Today's June 1st, folks, uh, uh, and if you want something to support, support PTSD Awareness Month. Uh, that's what uh, has been appropriated away from by the Pride folks is PTSD Awareness Month so we can stop losing 22 or more veterans a day to suicide. Uh, so I oppose it now, whereas before, uh, you know, two years ago, I was like, well, live and let live, you know, it's okay. Uh, everything, but we can't do that anymore, can we? 
Yeah, and what you just described is the escalation of the progressive movement. Because if you look at the words progressive and movement, it means it never ends. It always must keep progressing. So a lot of the times it starts with what you could argue is maybe a problem, right? Or a problem that most of the country would agree is a problem, which you saw most of the country by the time gay marriage was legalized agreed it should be legalized. But the LGBT community in the liberal community and democratic politicians, they can't just take that as a win. They have to continually progress. So the fight for gay marriage has now morphed in to the genital mutilation of children because they always must keep on progressing. That is the same thing happened with race, right? You started mm -hmm. by trying to identify racism, which did exist in this country, but now you've gone from identifying past racism to now using reverse racism to make up for that in the name of a racial reckoning. So you start one place and you progress to a far, far, far more consequential avenue, which is exactly what has happened. So you, you're so right. A lot of people would agree with you. They were fine with gay marriage, whatever. That doesn't really affect a lot of us. I mean, maybe some people have moral issues with it, but by and large, it's not affecting our daily lives. But when you're telling kids they can cut off their body parts and have to shower with males who now call themselves women. That is where people draw the line because the progressive movement has gone so far off the rails because there wasn't enough real world issues for them to rail against anymore. Yeah. And the reason why I oppose the gay marriage thing is that, that now they're using or trying to use government force yeah. to, to make you say and make you believe uh, and make you be, act and behave, so to speak, so that you can be held accountable by the law if you don't use somebody's preferred pronouns, uh, which can change every five minutes, uh, right. as far as I understand, uh, and oh, everything. Yeah. And, and that's just despicable, and that's the ultimate uh, in that, uh, and it's time to stop it. Well, Bobby, thank you very much for joining us today and talking about this critical uh, uh, critical line of information that everybody needs to be aware of and actually live their lives as Americans and push back on these crazy ideas because they are absolutely insane. Where can people find you before I let you go? Uh, and uh, thanks again, man. Yeah, of course. I really appreciate coming on. I, I mean, I appreciate the platform to be able to say what's happening that other places just don't allow people to say. So I want to thank you for that. But you can find me on Twitter or outkick.com and uh, you have a lot planned this summer. I think so much is going on that needs to be covered. So uh, hopefully I'll be back right here with you on true Thursday pretty soon. All right, Bobby. Thank you very much. Bobby Burak from outkick, outkick.com. Uh, great author. Go read him and go check him out. Follow him on Twitter. Uh, we're running out of time here, but uh, support in June PTSD awareness month. That's the